Do you wish there was someone you could talk to openly about money? Someone who could talk to you like a Jewish woman, understanding what your values are and your desire to build a rich life without you needing to apologize or compromise. Someone who could be upfront with you about the Jewish way to build wealth. And I've got a surprise for you. It's my favorite event of the whole year. The I'm Ready five-day retreat with me, Yael Trush. Over the course of five days together, you will discover the Jewish money secrets that will make you richer. Yes, you heard that right. No taboo, no shame, transparency. Transformative. In fact, participants have called it life-changing, eliciting breakthroughs every single day and fun. It's going to be both deep and fun, so much fun. Head over to yaeltrush.com forward slash retreat to register for an epic five-day experience starting December 12th. I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready to discover the Jewish money secrets that will make you richer? Then head over to yaeltrush.com forward slash retreat to register. And now enjoy this amazing episode. Jewish Money Matters, episode 293, bringing bitachon into your business. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters Podcast. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. Today, I'm taking you on a slightly different journey, a topic that we've discussed before, but instead of a podcast, I'm bringing you a presentation I did for a wonderful summit earlier this year, actually only a few weeks ago, for Tamima Gas at the Froom Service Providers Summit. Um, And I know some of you participated and benefited maybe from the amazing lineup of speakers. Some of you may have not been part of it, and perhaps some didn't even catch my presentation if you were part of the summit, because there were over 30 amazing speakers, I believe. So the topic, bitachon, you know, it's something that is always on my mind and that I'm always excited to speak about. And I was very honored that Tamima thought to invite me to open day one of this amazing business summit discussing bitachon in business. So whether you're in business or not, believe me, I think you will gain something from this, probably a lot. And that's why I'm bringing it to my audience with Tamima's permission. A little bit about Tamima Gas. She is the founder of Uncommon Strength. Strategy, and she helps female business owners with everything tech, technology. <laughs> and I have to tell you, being in the online space for so many years now, as much as I love tech, it sometimes can be, you know, a little bit daunting. And not I don't, it's not just me who says that many of my peers as well. So having someone who's got your back when it comes to the tech, and you can build systems for you and make sure that they're foolproof makes a huge difference. You can learn more about Tamima on LinkedIn and or you can reach out to her at Tamima at uncommonstrategy.net. So here you go, ladies, let's talk about bringing bitachon trust into your business. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the From Service Provider Summit. I'm so excited to be speaking today with Yael Trush. Yael is a Jewish money coach and the host of the Jewish Money Matters podcast. And we're going to be talking all things bitachon in business. As today is the first day, we're setting the stage and we're coming into business with this healthy bitachon mindset. 
Well, first of all, thank you. I commend you for having the perspective, right? That this is such an important starting point for us. Uh, I think it's something that is continuous and we have it to have it present. So setting the foundation right, I always say Bitachon is the foundation of, of our financial system. Without that solid foundation, the whole financial structure is shaky. And that means also in our business as well, which is the source from where we then get our salaries or income, all that stuff. So the same principle applies. So thank you for bringing this topic to the spotlight because it is so important. Yeah. Thanks. So getting right into the meat and potatoes of what so many from women business owners struggle with is what do you say is a healthy balance between bitachon and hishtadlut in business? Oh, wow. You're jumping right to the core of the matter. And you are right. Um, I think everybody struggles with this meaning and let's define it. What is the balance between the amount of effort that I'm required to exert in my endeavors, my business endeavors, and the level of trust, right? Which is the bitachon, the absolute trust in God alone, right? If we open the Shara Bitachon, the first sentence in the in the introduction is we're talking about trust in God alone. It's a very important qualifier, meaning at the exclusion of your business, your connections, your education, your clients, your programs, your services, the stock market, the president, your credit card, you got yeah, right, all the other things. It's a very, very difficult thing because we live in a world that is a facade. That's the way God created it, right? Where we don't see God obviously revealed. And we struggle with letting th this idea that God is the one providing for our sustenance is literally trusting that that's it and relying on that is literally letting go and leaning back and relying on something that we don't see, but we see what we can do when we work, when we do, right? We see things. It's a facade, right? So what we have to keep in mind is that Ishtatlus effort is part of Bitachon. The only reason we put effort is because God says we have to put effort. It's a divine mandate for us to be working and engaged and involved and do the best we can. But it's also a divine mandate that we have to trust that there is no causation. The work that we put in and the things that we create do not cause the end result of what is the income, the money that's going in your bank account. That only comes from Hashem. So now then the question that you ask is, well, then how much effort do I put? right? <laughs> I'm, I have to put effort and, and I also have to trust. So what, are, what does exactly mean? So the classic answer and one that sits well with me, it's brought down in the Beisa Levi from um, the Beisa Levi, Rabbi Soloveitchik, is, which is a beautiful mimer on Bitachon, is that a statless effort depends on your level of Bitachon. And we'll get to level of Bitachon, right? We're all growing in Bitachon and we are going to be at different levels and we might be even at different levels during our week, during our day, right? It's it's a spectrum, right? It's a constant work in progress. But in general, a person has to understand that the more bitachon they have, the less effort they have to put in. And there's a there's an interesting metaphor there from the Basalevi's great grandson, another Rabbi Soloveitchik, which puts it like this. He says it's like anti-anxiety medication, meaning you take as much as you need to make you feel calm and at ease, right? And then you don't have to take more. 
similar idea with, with ishtadlus, right? You put in whatever is needed, depending on your level of bitachon. If you, if you have, if you don't have the anxiety because you have bitachon, then you don't need as much effort. You don't need as much of that anti-anxiety medication. So it behooves us to be engaged in what we do, but at the same time, be continuously working in our bitachon because that's what's going to give us that balance. Now, I will say, I will add to this, that it is also important to have a mentor, to have somebody who has a bigger, better perspective, right? A, a more objective perspective and who comes from our Jewish perspective, right? Because they have to understand what this struggle really is. By the way, I remember it, I had a real, when I was talking about this one day and a lot of non-Jewish people are like, what is she talking about that the money doesn't come from, from her business and it doesn't come from the her clients? Like, where is it coming from, right? The nations of the world don't get this, right? That's That's what it is, okay? Fine. So it's important for us to have mentors who can help us check in with that, right? And if you're seeing that you're sacrificing your family, your health, your sleep, then obviously you're overexerting yourself, right? You're not coming into Shabbos with the right perspective, with the right mindset. You're not being joyful in what you're doing, right? You're dragging your feet to work. Like All of these are signs that something is off and that balance between effort and trust. And again, it's a work in progress, but just to give us like a little bit of a practical perspective, right? What we have to be mindful about. And some of us are overachievers like me, and we, we could take ourselves very easily to that point. But again, we have to keep perspective that we are doing this not for ourselves. We're doing it for God because we're in business to serve Hashem, God Almighty, not ourselves. And that's, again, another conversation we can have. So, you know, if we, if we find ourselves out of balance, that we're focusing too much on the hishtabas, we're focusing too much on the working, and it's sacrificing our lives. So it's, it's hard, especially when it's yeah. so clear to see that I put in the work and I get paid. Um, so mm -hmm. it feels so clear. How do we work on the fact that, no, it's not from the client, it's from God? Right. So, you know what? Step number one is we have to have God present in our lives. We have to have that perspective that God is with us so that when we are, I was having a, a conversation with Tamir Goodman on the podcast recently, and he said the only time his father gave him a negative comment regarding his basketball was one time when he went, he went in the basketball court. He was like, race the ceiling. He was like going like this, like a silly teenager. And his father stopped him after when they were driving and he, he stopped the car and he told them, you don't do that. You walk hum humbly with Hashem. If you did well in the basketball court, it's not because of you. It's because of God. So all of that to remind us that whatever success we had in that offer, in that meeting, in that whatever, is not a direct result of what we did. Of course, we have to do the best, but only because we're representing God at that moment. We always have to put the best effort. We always have to put as, you know, the best, the best work, but we have to remember Hashem always why we're doing. We're agents of God. So practically speaking, that means that we have to talk about this all the time. If we want to internalize divine intervention, divine providence, which is the bedrock of Bitachon, we have to speak it. That means that when things happen throughout your business day, and they do, if you open your eyes, where you see these weird connections, like, I can't believe that this person who I talked to three years ago just called me for an incredible opportunity, and we're going to do a TV show, and we're going to do a, whatever it is, right? That's the hand of God. And if you don't stop 
and communicate it and share it with your husband, with your kids, with your sister. Stop and write about it if that helps you, right? We have to articulate it. We have to let it, and we have to anchor that feeling of, oh, I just had a divine whisper. I just, I just saw the miracle. I just saw the divine providence. So that's one thing that I will say. Talking about it, articulating it, it's so, so important. And then the other thing is related to that, I think stopping and, you know, these sound cliche because it's been said so much by the secular world, but the idea of gratitude and taking, I know I have a notebook in my next to my bed where I write all my ideas, but I also write the things that I'm grateful for. And anytime I do that, it just puts me in that place of, again, wow, like, thank you, Hashem, right? Because we lose perspective very quickly because we live in this world, in the world of the mirage, the, the facade, right? And then the third thing that I'll say, so speaking about it, grounding ourselves in gratitude and grounding ourselves in those stories, articulating those stories. The other thing that I would say is learning about it. We can't feel an emotion. Bidahon is an emotional state. It's an emotional state of serenity and calm because you're relying on the source of everything. We can't get to that emotional state if we don't start with the intellect. So that's why, for example, the Lubavitcher Rebbe used to say to everyone who came asking with problems of Parnassah and things like that, whenever he would tell them to please learn Shara B'Tachon, and not just once, but twice three times as many times. So it's a continuous learning because the way it works is like SEO. The more it's top of mind, the more your brain will go and grab that when it needs it, right? So it needs to be front and center. And I'm telling you this because I learn Bitachon every single day because it has an impact, because it affects the way I react in my workday. As much as we have to take the time to learn other business skills, this is one of the most important, if not the most important. And it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It could be five minutes a day that you take a page of the Maimor and Bitachon from Beis Levi, or you take five minutes a day to read. It's my desk because I'm always reading it. You read the Gate of Trust, which, you know, I've taught many times. I read every day with my husband, right? That's what you need. And that was another question I was going to ask you, and you answered it with this answer. So that was great, is because we're service providers and we see the direct results of the work we do, whether we're a coach and we see somebody improving in front of our eyes or you know in my case i set up tech for people so when i see it all working and my clients making money um whatever it is when you're in the helping profession you see changes happen yeah. and it's so easy to think like i did that and like you said building that bitachon muscle and keeping it top of mind constantly reviewing it constantly being grateful to hashem reminding ourselves who who did it learning bitachon but then there's also feeling pride in our work how, how does that fit in with the fact that it's all from Hashem? Absolutely. It's a great question. We have to be proud Jewish people who walk with our talents given by God. Meaning if I have a talent and I am using productively because I know that God gave it to me and that I have a, a duty, a responsibility to use it, I have to be proud about that. Where, where it gets tricky is where you attribute the credit to yourself. I've had so many guests I've had this conversation with, and there, there's, there's some people who out of there immediately, they say, no, it's not mine. Like it's God's. Like, it's God who's paving the path. It's God who gave me the talent, right? I'm just doing this because God is directing me this place. So really the trick is to keep God front and center, right? Ultimately, so that we don't fall into that arrogant place. Like I was saying, the story with Tamir Goodman from his, his father taught him, right? The minute we lose God, we take him out of the picture, 
that's where we headed for ruin, right? The minute we, and so as us as room service providers, when we're walking with God and we're serving, leading with God first, why am I doing this? Why am I in this meeting? Because God wants me to, right? I'm serving this person. And that's going to help us to stay humble when we succeed. And it's going to help us from not crashing and collapsing in depression and anxiety when we don't see the result, the successful results, according to our metrics, right? So this is, this is so important because it, it keeps you balanced and healthy. We have to bring God into the picture. Hey there, the I'm Ready Retreat is back, an epic five days together where you will discover the Jewish money secrets that will make you richer. Join me December 12th to the 16th in the I'm Ready Retreat, five free days with me, Yael Trush. Head over to yaeltrush.com forward slash retreat to register. I'm ready. Are you? Head over to yaeltrush.com forward slash retreat to register for the I'm Ready five-day retreat. Years for a minute. It's very trendy right now to speak about manifestation, both in the non-Jewish mm-hmm. world and the Jewish world. Um, specifically, you heard a lot with wealth, manifesting wealth, but also with other things. Is that bitachon? Is that a perversion of bitachon? Is it real? Is it fake? You know, I'm not a manifestation expert, but I'll tell you that there is a kernel. There is some truth to it because obviously God is one, right? And and where it can get tricky is when we, again, God is not in the picture. But from a Jewish perspective, absolutely that our thoughts have an impact on our reality. No question, right? And part of what we said is keeping God present, right? That is that is thought. That is tracht good, design good, which has been said over and over again. Think good and it will be good. Why? Where is that coming from, right? Because it is true. You know, if we go back to stories, even, even if you think about Shemitah and you see Parshas Behar, there's a beautiful Sefer Elime- Noam Elimelech um, where Elimelech of Lashings quotes his brother Susha, where he analyzes this idea of how our thoughts can affect our livelihood, our wealth, right? And Lubavitcher Rebbe used to say to people, stop worrying so much about business, more bitachon, more parnasa, right? It's we are creating our own reality because when we're connecting to that infinite ultimate power, then of course the path opens to us for an infinite reality that is above the limitations of nature. So the minute we get stuck in the limits of nature, that's very limiting, right? But a yid is completely plugged above, meaning a yid has access to infinity. A yid has access to the impossible. A yid has access to have access to have results beyond their wildest expectations and coming from not even the place they thought the results were going to be. But back to Reb Susha, one of the things that Reb Susha talks about when the yidin ask, where, where will our food come from, right? And, and, and then Hashem goes on and he explains how Shemitah is going to work, but I'm going to bless you in the sixth year and the seventh year and the eighth year. So there's a classic question there of why is the Torah interrupting the way it usually gives mitzvahs, which is a statement. Why is the Torah coming up now with this question in the during the process? It's not even adding a letter to suggest that there was a question. It states the entire question and the entire exchange. It's a very strange thing. And Reb Zusha says, because we have to understand that the minute 
but that a person is is born with a flow of shefa that is just his and that flow of shefa is continuous and it will remain uninterrupted yet the minute a person goes down in their level meaning in their level of trust of connection with the infinite with the the possibility of infinity with god right then that shefa is interrupted it's like god has to say okay we got to pause the flow and then God has to elicit, create a new flow for that person. And that's why God has to come out of his way of his pattern and say, I had already created this, guys, but now let me, let, let's do it again. There's a backup plan. So backup plan is the whole explanation of how it's going to work 60 or 70 years. That, that wasn't necessary because you didn't need to ask the question in the first place. So we have to understand that from a Jewish perspective, and again, this is without me being an expert in manifesting, yes, there is tremendous power in the way we think and how that affects our reality. Listen, we know it. Like our thoughts impact the mood we're in in our workday and with our children. It is extremely important that we learn that we learn to control our thoughts because our thoughts control our emotions and not just our emotions, the entire environment around us. And like the example I just gave, it affects the flow of abundance that comes with you. And that is abundance in every respect. Livelihood, anahas, all the things that God... God has plenty of that to go around. So it behooves us to jump in this train. <laughs> and by the way, I think it's important for us to remember, even as Jews, when we embark in these journeys, I'm, I have a very big, big pet peeve for leaving God as in literally the name God and not the out of the picture and saying, well, it's the universe or it's the energy or it's a source. No, 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 no. We are Eden. How dare us not recognize openly and publicly that there is a God creator of the world. So we really have to take this seriously and not fall into that secular trap of, oh yeah, I'm doing this and it's kosher because Judaism also talks about it, but it's okay if the instructor of or the whatever just says like, no, I'm a yid. I have to recognize, call it for what it is. It's God and that's it. There's no spirit. There's no nature. There's no universe. That's all creation. That's all creation. There's only one creator. I love that. Thank you. One other question that, that came up when I was polling service providers to see what was the thing that they struggled with the most. People in helping professions sometimes struggle with charging for their services because they mm. say, you know, this person is in so much emotional pain. How can I charge them? Or this person needs help with their marriage. How can I charge them to get their marriage better? Or, you know, all the myriads of things that, that service providers do to help people, especially when it comes to coaching or mental health, where there's a fine line between a free mentor and a paid coach. So what's the Jewish perspective, I guess we could say. Love that question. That. Love that question. Thank you for asking it. And I think this is very important. And I'm going to say something that's counterintuitive. The, how could I charge them so much? Or, you know, I need to not charge them that much. The, the, in, the insecurity with charging and the undercharging and the under earning is, comes from a place of ego. And this is very counterintuitive. It's from a place of what's safe for me. And remember, I told you we're in business to serve God's world. We're here to serve God and others. And if I actually believe that I'm doing this for God and not for myself, God forbid they're going to think I'm trying to take advantage of them, or God forbid they're not going to sign up for my thing because it's too expensive, right? Do you see where this is going? There's a lot of I, there's a lot of me in this and what they're going to say, and they're going to feel that I'm right. No, 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 no. If you get clear that you are just an agent of God Almighty, all you're doing is literally an agent. You're just a messenger, right? 
then you can face pricing and pricing conversations exactly like that. Because now you know that whatever you have to give them is for their benefit, right? Because now you know that God has put you in this position that you can actually help this person. So we have to say, okay, how can I serve them best? And guess what? How can I do my job that God has entrusted me to do best for this person? If I want them to actually change their lives, guess what? How do people change their lives when they're invested? You're going to show up and do the work when your trainer stands at your doorstep at six in the morning, more than if you pay a $17 a month membership in the gym, you're never hitting that gym, right? When you've paid that trainer and that trainer is there, oh boy, are you doing the workout? So again, it's about who am I, right? So if I really care about these clients, I have to charge them. That's not to say that I could have a policy in my business where I give certain things for free. Listen, I have a podcast. I have tons of like hours and hours of content and education for free. And there are people who I do speak engagements to for to their organizations for free. It's part of me giving. It's part of my business model, right? You can do that. But to Go at business thinking with that discomfort, right? Again, get the ego out of the way and say, okay, I'm doing this, Hashem, because you've obviously given me a talent. You've given me a um, not just it's a it's a talent and it's an inclination and a drive and a tolerance for this type of work. Again, all of this is listed in Sharabi Tachon of why we should pursue careers that have these things, right? You're giving me all this and I must go and do it, right? And so if I really believe that I have to utilize this client for you, Hashem, and these people need to transform their lives, then I must charge them. And I must charge them to the point that they are actually going to put in the work. They're going to appreciate it because you and I will not appreciate something, a sweater that we buy at Walmart. We won't care so much if accidentally it goes in the wash, but that sweater that we bought at Nima Marcus, believe me, we're going to care, right? So it's the same idea. You want to make sure that Whoever you're serving is going to appreciate what they're about to do, the transformation, and they actually get the job done. That's such a great mindset shift. So we got to get rid of the discomfort with pricing and all that. I love that. Um, just wrapping it up, we have 30 presentations over the week. Some of them are super duper hishtabu focused, like marketing and creating courses and all the stuff. What what can we take with us into this week? For sure. And, and I think it's great. I think we need to raise the bar, right? If I have a weakness in, you know, social media marketing or in, you know, marketing and strategy and this and that, of course, I have to learn about it, right? I have, again, a responsibility to do things the best I can. So we go into this and we say, okay, what can I do to improve my business, to make it better, to serve more people. Again, it's not about me. It's how can I make this business, the business that gets to more people's lives and changes people's lives the most, right? Because I'm an agent of God and that's what God wants me to do. And based on that, then I can go and learn and implement those things and always remind myself, it's not the strategy thing that they're teaching me that's going to do it. I just have to do that because God said, you have to do that, right? You have to go with the alibi, you, you know, I have to do that. And it's not that because I took that workshop and I followed what that speaker told me, then that's what resulted in the million dollar launch or whatever it is. No, then we're falling again to the trap of nature, to the trap of limits. You can stay there if you want to, but there's a much bigger possibility for you, right? Beyond the million or the two million, right? Because the minute we, we, we have to walk that line and this is in everything, right? I had to learn those strategies. 
But God forbid I give credit to that strategy, right? God forbid I fall into the trap of giving credit to that strategy, to that trick, to that tip, to myself, to my smarts, to my brain. No, none of that. None of that. None of that. So let's go and educate ourselves. Let's raise the bar. Let's raise ourselves to a higher level of putting in the effort, but at the same time, raise ourselves to a higher perspective. That's what a yid is, a person who can be here in the world doing the natural things as God has commanded us to do while keeping a higher perspective that we're connected above possibilities are endless. They're beyond the limits of nature. Thanks again to Tamima Gass for having me as a speaker. And thank you, my audience, for tuning in today. I hope this departure from our classic interviews was helpful and that you gained a lot from it. I intended to make this into several mini-sodes, but I thought the entire flow of the conversation and everything that was going on in the episode really just warranted to air the whole thing. Let me know if you have any questions and of course your thoughts. You can always drop in the questions for my Friday episode. And let me remind you again that my five-day retreat is starting soon. I am ready. I'm ready five days to discover Jewish secrets that will make you richer. We're starting December 12th and I hope to see you all there full of your best energy and ready to learn a lot. This is again my favorite, favorite event of the year. It's a tremendous amount of fun and value. So don't miss it. Head over to yaeltrush.com forward slash retreat.